0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of What Had Happened, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly, bringing you lesser-known true crime stories. How's everyone doing? Spring has sprung here in Anywhere USA. I'm so happy. If you hear any noise in the background, landscapers are landscaping, and people are doing people things, um, but they're being super mindful I can't do I could totally do without the seasonal allergies, especially during a pandemic, but otherwise I'm so happy for the warm weather and all that comes with it. It's a small feat, but you know, we've had over a hundred streams in our first month, so thank you guys. Um the outpouring of positive messages and inquiries about new content is everything. Don't forget to join the what had happened to true crime podcast group on Facebook. the group we share true crime memes and stories i also keep in communication with you guys on when episodes are going to drop normally it's the day of also don't forget to follow the podcast on instagram and twitter all links are down in the description box tell your friends family anybody that you know that into true crime make suggestions we want to build the community um Like, this week, we also became available to stream on Apple Podcasts, and I'm so super, super stoked. It was literally, like, right after we dropped last week's episode. Woo! So, again, tell your friends and everybody else, you know, that we're now available on eight platforms. What Had Happened to True Crime Podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts. Woo! Okay. Last episode, I discussed what had happened to Andrea Hicks Jackson after she was found guilty of murdering Officer Gary Bevel in Jacksonville, Florida. Today, I will be telling you what had happened to Rosalie Trujillo just days before Christmas in Denver, Colorado in 1978. Be advised, there's a lot of content, you guys, because I kind of want to not record next week. I need a mental day. I need a mental week. It's a lot. So you ready? Here we go. Temperatures were below freezing, and the streets were empty at 410 a.m. when Officer Rogan responded to a call of two abandoned children deserted in front of St. Luke's emergency room. Two small children, a sister and her baby brother, were with the complainant, ER nurse Gloria Shea, when Officer Rogan arrived. Having no identification on them, it was initially believed that the children had wandered off from home and were placed with the Family Crisis Center. The Family Crisis Center, quote, houses the Coordinated Services of Denver Health, the Denver Department of Human Services, aka DHS, Denver Police Department, Denver District Attorney's Office, and the Denver Children Advocacy Center to evaluate cases of alleged child abuse, neglect, and to collaborate for prevention of child maltreatment in the city and county of Denver. Initially, that Friday morning, as the children were being observed at the Family Crisis Center, the children didn't want to talk about how they ended up at the emergency room. Instead they ate and played and interacted with each other and some of the other children at the center. It wasn't until 750 when the seven year old a little girl when the seven year old little girl began to tell a story. Sherry stated that a man picked her and her brother Mark up and took them to the hospital. She said that while at the police station she saw Uncle Raymond in a little room and the officer asked if she knew him. Later, two-year-old Mark would continue to repeat that, quote, the cops came to the door at home and took their mother to jail. As if trying to make the caseworkers understand, he repeated this and then said the cops came with a gun and that his mother was dead. When asked about what her brother said, Sherry claimed Mark was lying and she didn't know what he was talking about. The following day, when asked about her mommy, Sherry was reluctant to speak. She told the caseworker that her uncle, Reuben had taken her and Mark to the hospital and told them he would be back to get them, and then the cops came. Two days later, on December 25th, police and the social workers of the family crisis center would learn where the children had come from and what had happened to their mother, Rosalie Trujillo. When Juanita Johnson returned home from a business trip on December 24th, 1978, two things were odd the eerie silence from the upstairs apartment and the strong pungent odor permeating her apartment Juanita thought about the last time she had seen or heard her upstairs neighbors a single mother with two small children as she tried in vain to combat the invasive stench with air freshener at 1 p.m on December to actually it was twelve thirty. At twelve thirty on December twenty fifth, Juanita and her guest, Lara Atille, could handle it no longer. Concerned for the deafening silence above and worsening smell bombing her home, the ladies called 911. DPD responded to the seven apartment dwelling on East 18th Avenue. Upon arrival and entry, the officer ascended a flight of stairs to the second level. The responding officer responded report states quote on this date at approximately 1230 hours 1230 hours i received a radio call to the above address on information upon arrival i was informed by the complainant johnson that there was a strong odor coming from the upstairs apartment i went to the door and found it broke it broken being held shut only by a table knife in the lock hasp i entered called to anyone who might be in the home, got no response, and began to look around the apartment. In the southwest bedroom, I found the body of a Spanish-American female approximately 25 years of age. She was covered with the bedcloths and had a pillow over her face. I removed the bedcloths and found that the body had several what appeared to be knife wounds to the chest. I then called B4 homicide, and the coroner. I then talked to several people. The body of Rosalie Trujillo was discovered and identified. The following is the scene description from the supplementary homicide report written by one of the responding detectives. Quote, the scene is a two-story apartment building located on the north side of East 18th. The exact address is 1235 and a half East 18th Avenue, number two. The building extends from the alley east to the corner of Lafayette Street. There are a total of seven units, two apartments per unit. Number 1235 and a half is the second from the corner of Lafayette. The unit is on the second level. I arrived at 110, and I am directed up a flight of stairs by uniformed officers to the second level. I enter a room just off the stairs. There I met Detective R. Campbell, B4 Detectives Taylor and Ramsey, and M. E. McIntyre. They direct me to another room just to the west of the room that I am in. It measures six feet by six and a half feet east to west and twelve feet three inches north to south. There is a window on the south wall looking onto East 18th Avenue. It is covered with what appears to be a green bedspread. There is a mattress up against the north wall, resting upon a metal frame an inch or so off the floor. The body is that of a Spanish-American female. It is clad in blue two-piece pajamas. The shirt is open to the waist. The body is on its back. The legs are bowed in a yogi position, the left arm folded across the chest the right arm extended to the west the head is to the north and the feet and legs are to the south there are what appear to, to be multiple stab wounds to the center chest and to both sides of the neck some of the wounds are directly to the body which others pierce the shirt material the body is cold and stiff to the touch the mattress is blue and is covered with a white bed sheet there is a multi multicolored colored quilt over the sheet folded back left to right to expose the body. The body measurements are as follows 3 feet 6 inches west west wall to back 2 feet 6 inches west wall to left foot 3 feet north wall to nose and 6 feet north wall to left foot there is a white chest in the southeast corner. It contains what seems to be women's clothes. There is a red toy truck in the southwest corner. There is a white bath towel on the northeast corner. In the northeast corner. There are various articles of female clothing on the floor at the foot of the mattress. Panties, brazier shirt, and blue jeans. The articles are slashed in many places. All items are photographed in place and taken by B4 detectives. The north and west walls are blood splattered up to a level of approximately two and a half feet. The walls are gray in color and there is a rust-colored rug on the floor. There is an ashtray and a cup next to the east wall. The room and all articles are printed by B4. The victim is ID to myself and Dr. H. Toll as Rosalie Trujillo and an acquaintance of approximate two months by downstairs neighbor Juanita Johnson. From here, things began to ramp up. Detectives interviewed Rosalie's neighbors and asked her mother and brother to make a proper identification of Rosalie's remains at the morgue. Detectives scrambled to piece together the murder. Where were the children as well? What had happened to Rosalie began to unfold at the morgue. Rosalie's autopsy revealed she sustained 39 stab wounds to the thorax and right neck with a a 4 to 9 inch single edged knife. 29 of those stab wounds sustained were in her upper torso and her chest and the others were on her neck. Her fingernails yielded no scrapings. As news broke of the murder, DPD homicide became inundated with tips from acquaintances of the deceased. Also from the canvassing of the neighborhood, because let me just tell you something, people like to talk. While there were a few random tips, most beginning with Juanita Johnson's statement seemed to point to Ruben and or Linda Torres. Later that evening, detectives located the missing Trujillo children and notified the Family Crisis Center staff. Now, I have some notations from the observations from the family crisis staff and I omitted a lot because I am trying to not give as much information about the children. I just want to give what the children basically had to say about their mother and leave out whatever other observations were made for I feel that they are just character based and not necessary for this as they were two and seven years old. I'm using my discretion on this one. Now, this notation was taken 12:26:78 78 at 3 a.m. by Ellen Hobbs. Her observation entry says, quote, Virginia called at 5.30 to 6 p.m. to say that the mom had been stabbed and is dead. Detective DeSanto is worried that relatives from Brighton may try to pick the kids up, but no one is to have them. She continues, it seems Mark's stories are true. Also, that Sherry and Mark probably saw a lot more than they've told us and that Sherry has been told to be quiet. No one here has told the kids what we know of the situation. After lunch on December 26th, the social workers told Sherry about her mother. Observations stated that Sherry was upset initially, calling them liars, and later in the day, saying that she, quote, didn't like Linda because she was mean to her mommy. She said she saw her mommy pull the knife out of her back and stomach so she knows she's alive. Later, she said that Linda stabbed her mom in the hand because she spilled beer on her. She cried and said she loved her mommy and that her mommy is good to her and gives her presents. She said that her mom, that they, her mom and Mark, she, her mom, and Mark had li- had been living with Linda and Reuben. She then told me she and Mark had been sleeping when Reuben woke them and took them to the hospital. She mentioned what th- she mentioned that when Linda stabbed her mom in the hand, her mom ran, in the now this was intelligible, and the police came and took her mom. Her reports are very confusing, reflecting how she feels about the situation. I, too, feel she is harboring something out of fear. On the 27th, detectives began looking for Linda Linda and Ruben Torres, as there were numerous reports, as well as the children's statements, making the Torreses the last people to be seen with Rosalie. Now, going back over Juanita Johnson's statement, quote, I've lived here for two years. Rosalie Trujillo has lived upstairs for almost two months. A guy named Hugh something had moved in with her, but it didn't last long and he moved out. I smelled an odor yesterday and today and spring wouldn't help. Today I called the police because I thought something might be wrong. I hadn't seen her in a couple of days, but that doesn't make any difference because sometimes I haven't seen her i haven't seen her for days at a time anyways wednesday or thursday night she had a bunch of people up there and i called the police it quieted down for a while after they left and then got loud again but anyway rosalie was supposed to move the manager had put a notice up about a week ago rosalie had been wild that is she drags any man from the 12 foot in or even off of the street in there's a couple living at 1231 East 18th named Reuben and Linda, and they were there that night. Anyway, that Linda is the one that stabbed her in the arm. I guess it was about a week after Rosalie had moved in. The two of them have been friends since then, and Linda is over here all of the time. That night was the last night that I saw or heard Rosalie because I was away working until yesterday. The other night, I guess it was about 45 minutes after the police had left when, I, when it got loud again, and it stayed loud for about another 45 minutes. After that, it was quiet, but I don't hear very well, and so I didn't hear anybody leave. I saw her kids in the daytime that day, but that was the last time. I don't really know where they might be now. All I know is that I couldn't take any longer I couldn't take it any longer with the, her having Reuben and Linda over here all of the time. I know that they that I know they have that is both of them have stabbed people before and the police even caught them. The knife that was in the door today was one of hers. She used to always put one in the door because she had broken the real lock so she couldn't get in. End quote. When detectives delved into the previous stabbing in Juanita's statement, they found this. November eleventh, 1978, officers were called to 1221, 1231 East 18th Avenue at approximately 11.15pm and they were called because Rosalie needed an ambulance. She called 911, and the description is kind of dodgy. I think they got the names mixed up here. They said that Linda called for an ambulance, but they also said that Rosalie ran away and called for one. So maybe both did. Anywho, quote, investigation disclosed that an argument began over the victim messing around with someone other than the suspect. The suspect and the victim were one time lovers. The suspect had gone down to call an ambulance for the victim after hitting her. The suspect and the victim then began arguing and the suspect stated quote Rose, I'm sorry, and stabbed her in the neck. The victim grabbed the knife, cutting her hand. The suspect then pulled the knife and again stabbed the victim in the upper left then the left upper arm. The victim ran to eighteen fifty seven Lafayette number fifteen and called an ambulance. Officers went to 1231 East 18th Avenue, the the address of the suspect, and placed her under arrest. The officers obtained the suspect's clothing and placed them in the custodian's office as they were full of blood. The victim had three knife wounds, left hand, left elbow, and on the left side of the neck. The knife was not found. Three days later, on November 14th, 1978, Rosalie would go against the aggravated assault report and claim by stating on record, quote, she tried to assert that the police arrested the wrong person. She said she went to visit the suspect in city jail, November 13th, 1978, and was surprised it was the wrong person. She was questioned further, and she stated that she was trying to get the suspect out of jail, and she did not want to prosecute. She signed the refusal to prosecute, to pr- prosecute form at this time. The suspect was released from city jail this date. There will be no further action taken, and this case will be exceptionally cleared. Detectives didn't have to wait too long to receive word on Linda Torres' whereabouts. District Attorney Chuck Maloof of Pueblo notified Denver that Colorado State Hospital had a patient named Linda Torres who stated she may have killed a girl back in Denver a few days ago. When Detective Welch called Colorado State Hospital to inquire about Linda, he was told by her doctor that she had made statements and she would be in the hospital for three to four months before she could be released. On December 31, 1978, Linda's stepmother stated that Linda told her she stabbed someone. On January third, nineteen seventy-nine, Detective Russell received a call from Colorado State Hospital, where a Captain Lee Lancaster stated, "Doctor at the hospital that Linda Torres was to be released." The doctor was informed that a warrant would be obtained, and the det- the, the 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 I can talk the detectives would come to Pueblo the following day to pick her up. Detective Russell obtained a probable cause warrant for Linda Torres. On January 4th, Detectives Russell and Brooks drove to Pueblo to the state hospital. After producing their warrant for Linda Torres to John Baker and Lee Lancaster, Linda was turned over to the detectives. The detectives recovered all of her suitcases and two knives they felt were hers, and all items were placed in custody. Detective Russell advised Linda Torres, and she was told about the homicide. Linda agreed to a written statement in Denver. I will now read in full length three statements. The first being Linda Torres' statement given to detectives January fourth, nineteen 1979. And you'll have to bear with me because this is done in a funky Q&A format, but I guess it'll work for us, right? Statement taken by Detective Joe Russell 1479 at 1.30pm from Linda D. Torres before Miriam Wellman, the hearing's reporter. Present were Detectives Joe Russell, Detective Russell Brooks, and Miriam Wellman. I'm also going to have to mention there's a page missing from this. Sus. This is going to be a state... This is Detective Russell speaking. This is going to be a statement taken from Linda D. Torres. Date of birth, redacted. The date is 1-4-79, the time is one p.m. We're in the Homicide Bureau of the Denver Police Department. Detective Russell and Linda talked prior to this statement down at the Colorado State Hospital, and we talked about this particular homicide case at the time. And at this time, Linda and I have talked, and we decided that we would do it this way, take another statement. This case is... Is not going to mention that Denver Police Department offense report, and the victim in this case is Rosalie Trujillo. Her address was 1235 and a half 18th Avenue, apartment number two. The occurrence of the homicide was twelve twenty-five seventy-eight 78 at 1300 hours. Present at this statement is Detective Joe Russell doing the interview, Detective Russell Brooks from the Homicide Bureau, and Miriam wallman Question, okay, Linda, you remember what you talked about down at the state hospital. Now, what do you remember about that particular night again? Answer, spaced it out. I'm sleepy. Question, do you remember you went up to the house? Answer, I know I was there. Yeah. Question, yeah. All right, do you remember she was drinking beer? Answer, we were drinking. Question, yeah, but you stated earlier that she drank a whole six-pack. Answer, she was drinking more. She was drinking the night before. Answer, or question, and she was, and she drank a six-pack of beer and both of you were drinking and you were both high. Answer, I know that. Okay. So I don't know what the questions from page two were. So we'll pick up on page three. Sus. Sus, sus. Answer. Uh Uh-huh. Question. You don't know Iris? Answer. Uh Uh-uh. No. Question. And she is always talking about Iris in front of you? Answer, uh uh-huh. Question, is that correct? And basically, she does this to upset you. Answer, uh uh-huh. To make you mad, right? Yeah. Screw this QA, I think you guys can follow with me. Alright, now, she's a lesbian, right? Yes, she is. And you and her have been going together, dating for quite some time. Uh Uh-huh. All right, you were in love with her? Uh Uh-huh. She was in love with you? Uh Uh-huh. Now, all of a sudden, she's going out with some girl by the name of Iris, whom you don't know. You were upset about this? Yup. And you got into an argument of some kind that evening about Iris? Uh Uh-huh. And she turned the radio up real loud? Yeah. And the reason she did that is why? Because she's a bitch, that's why. And what other reason? Get me irritated? That's what you told me before. She used to do that to irritate you. Is that right? Yeah. What happens now? She's getting you upset and you were upset with her because of turning the radio up real loud and because of iris so she's on the bed now sitting she's sitting down sitting down on the bed drinking all that beer real fast real fast all right and that's the six-pack you were talking about started screaming about stop drinking all that beer she had been drinking she was drinking earlier Okay, so, I don't know what to say. Pardon me? I know what you're saying. She was drinking the beer and stuff. She got up. She was still bitching about Iris. Used to bitch about her and bitch about me. Then turned the radio up real loud. Started dancing to the radio. I told her to turn it down and she wouldn't. So she waited a while, kept it up, turned it up loud. So she sat down... I don't know, I don't remember, I remember I just said I hate your ugly hair and I'm gonna cut it off, chop it off, I don't know, I don't remember. At that point you got a knife? I don't remember till afterwards I had a knife because I blacked out of it. All I want to know is what you remember now. You said you had a knife. I cut her hair off. Describe the knife to me. I don't know what kind of knife it is, hunting knife maybe? You said it looked like a hunting knife. Was it the type you open the blade on? No, I didn't say that. You know what kind it was. It's a hunting knife like that. It's got a handle, but you don't close it. You put it in a scabbard. You drew a picture of that? Yeah, you described it as opened up. No, I didn't, but the one you drew was straight, straight knife, like a hunting knife, now you carry that knife, right? Yeah. Why? Protection on the streets. Where do you carry it? To the bar. You keep it in your purse when I want to go to the store. The knife is how big? And she demonstrates. Is that the blade now or the whole knife? The whole knife. It's got a black handle? Question? Black handle with red and silver. Silver blade? How wide is the blade like that? Demonstrating. About like that, maybe. And she demonstrates. I don't know. Not real wide. Not real wide anyway. That's all we know. Alright, now. What happened to that knife? I don't know. You don't know. Okay, now, is that the knife you used to cut her hair off? Uh Uh-huh. Now, is that the knife you used to stab her with? I don't know. You don't know. You don't remember that. I just remember it after it was happened. I just remember it afterward is what happened. Let's go now to afterward. Afterwards, now she's lying on the bed and you see and you see in a bl- a bunch of blood. You're trying to turn everything around, aren't you? I'm not turning anything around. I don't know what she was lying on. I didn't tell you she was lying in a pool of blood or whatever. She was lying on the bed. Is that correct? Lying on the bed. She wasn't breathing. I tried to take her pulse. No pulse, no breathing. I felt on her stomach. She wasn't breathing. And you said before there was blood on her was there or wasn't there there was blood there had to be blood I guess but I didn't say that you did whatever you want to say I don't care afterwards I just freaked out I don't know what happened after that now I don't remember you don't remember the kids being there no You don't remember that at all? No. Where did you go after that? Back to my sister's house. What's your sister's name? Do I have to say? You don't have to say. I already know. Well, you already know Loretta Marquez. I don't know if you know. You went there. What happened after that? i don't know i probably went to bed. okay and you do and do you remember after that now what happened with ruben him i don't want to discuss him you don't want to discuss okay why didn't you want to discuss Reuben? because i haven't seen him you're telling me i'm already copying out to murder okay i don't want to talk about ruben this we talked about before we'll leave Ruben out of there okay anything else that's all that's all that's all you remember I remember watching it on TV Christmas night where were you at my sisters what happened when you watched it on TV I just got freaked out I suppose running around the house okay and what did you do I I couldn't believe it did you tell your sister about it no no okay when did you end up going to the state hospital the next day Monday Monday the 26th no the 26th after that so you want to tell me how you got there no so you got to the state hospital and you turned yourself in no I went there for detoxification But you turned yourself in voluntarily. It's in the turning yourself in. I went voluntarily to detox. Where have you been since the 26th then? When you went into the state hospital. The state hospital. You've been there ever since right? Uh huh. Until today? When you picked me up. When you went to the state hospital. Did you tell anybody down there? Yeah, I told the doctors. You told the doctors. Do you know the doctor's name? Dr. Clement or whatever the hell his name is. Somebody. I don't know. What did you tell him about what you're telling us today? Yeah, I guess. All right. That's all I got to say. No more. You don't have anything else to say about it. No. I didn't have nothing to do with those kids. Don't blame me. I understand that. You don't know how the kids got to St. Luke's Hospital or anything. No. I understand that. Well, I don't have any more questions. You got anything else to say? No. End it here. Detective Russell. Okay. The statement was concluded at 1.44 p.m. I have read the foregoing statement, and the facts contained therein are true to the best of my knowledge and belief. I do not represent that it contains all of the facts or details of the incident, but only those from which I have been interrogated. And it was signed and witnessed. But those signatures were, you know, obviously redacted. What the hell do I need the signatures for? So... Then we fast forward because now Linda Torres has been charged with first-degree murder of Rosalie Torres, or Trujillo. And she's been in custody since the beginning of January. On February 1st, there was a second statement that was submitted. And this one comes from her husband from linda's husband ruben and there are four parties who are in this it will be alex martinez ed schlatt and kathy carter and the context of how this statement was given where it was taken all of that is not mentioned so all i have is the names, and we're going by these transcripts. Alex. Okay, yeah, because there's names, we're gonna have to do it like this. Alex, we just turned the tape on and we sat down here together Thursday, February 1st. This is Alex Martinez, Ed Schlatter, Kathy Carter is here, and Ruben Torres. Ruben, what we wanted to talk about was some of the things that you told Kathy yesterday. I wonder if we could just start. Reuben, <clears throat> A couple of days ago? Kathy. Day before yesterday. Alex. Okay, yeah, day before yesterday. Do you just want to tell us what? Ed. Tell us what you told Kathy. Reuben, Well, I was telling Kathy that, you know, my wife didn't kill, you know, Booty. That's what we used to call her. Rose Trujillo. She ain't got nothing to do with it. It was it was I who did it, you know. I had reasons to do it. Ed. What reasons? Reuben. My reasons was that she tried to blackmail me, you know, the night that I dropped them kids off, which would be way before Christmas, way before what the autopsy said. 48 hours. That's a lie, you know. Blackmailed Blackmailed you about what? Well, you know, it's my personal thing, you know. I was making it with her that night, you know. This is between me and my wife. You were making it with who that night? Booty. What do you mean making it with her? Going out with her. My my my, my wife was at the 12 foot with Louise and her sister Loretta. I was supposed to meet her on down at at her sister's, and I thought I had better things to do, you know. Things just didn't work out, you know, the way that I wanted them to. So, why are you telling us, what are you, why are you telling us that you did it? Because I did it. I'm not going to let my wife, I love her, you know, I love her and everything, but I'm not going to let her think something she did when she didn't do anything. Because I told her, I told her she was going out with my wife, and I told her that everything I say to my wife, she believes me. Why did? Well, what did you tell her? I didn't tell her nothing. You know that night. Well, when did you tell her? I didn't tell her nothing. I just let her find it find it out on on the news. I told her to watch the news every day. She'd been wanting to go home. I told her we can't go home. You know, she'd be getting mad and angry at me, stuff like that. And I told we can't go home, you know, and she'd say, why? And I'd say, you watch the news and you'll find out what you did. My wife believes anything I say. And so did that lady and a lot of other people. Well, let me ask you this how did you do it how did i do it yeah what did you do what did i do well after my wife and her sister and them split me and rosie we went next door and we started partying and getting high you know and next door to her apartment or were you originally at your apartment that's right next door to my pad i had the kids all the kids were at your pad no just the two boys my boys were gone they were down at the other pad where were rosalie's kids they were with me next door well we started you know smoking grass getting high i just wanted to prove something to her i don't know what it was but we started drinking vodka on orange juice mix i don't remember the name of it screwdrivers yeah 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 screwdrivers I bought a big old bunch of booze and we started getting high, you know, and rapping and doing our thing. I started to, you know, started to put the make on her. I wanted to show her different, you know, she was going out with my wife. I wanted to show her that there are other things better. Then she started, you know, blackmailing me, this and that, saying that she seen me at this bar and that bar, you know, which is personal wherever I go. She was going to take my wife away. You know she loved her She loved a lot of girls She loved girls and whatever Came her way Where there was women she tried You know she was gonna break up my marriage I know this I know she could have So we started dancing you know I guess it was about between you know One and three I'm not sure I think it was Thursday or Friday Started dancing And messing around and shit She started talking shit on down the line I was tired and shit anyways I was tired anyways I was tired of my wife I was tired of booty I was tired of everything you know I'm not saying I'm a winner but I'm tired of everything this chick didn't mean anything nothing to me dead or alive I've threatened her before that I took her downtown after I messed her up the first time and made her drop them charges otherwise I told her I'd kill her she told them detectives you know they knew what she was up to anyways we was dancing and stuff and she started talking about ghosts and how she's seen shadow the shadow of death etc so on and so on and I said wow man I've been friends with the devil you know ever since I got out of Blaney in 1971 and she said wow she seemed to be out you know she seemed to be out for me she might as well see him for real all she was doing you know was messing my life around I put a lot of hard on her on her because of my boys you know I'm not gonna let that chick mess it around or any other chick I gave my old lady permission you know because I thought I wasn't jealous but after she wanted to go every night and every night then I got jealous Maybe she ought to spend a few nights with me or something. I got to watching the kids and there's no use in doing that. All kinds of shit ran through my mind. We started dancing and stuff and turned the radio up real loud. I always listened to the radio loud. I can't stand it soft. She got angry and started talking shit about this and that. Said, you know, she couldn't stand you sleeping with your old lady. Doing this and that In your own house That wasn't my thing So I got the knife It was on the side of the bed I just got this knife From some pads You know I just got it From some pads You know It was a buck knife I threw it away Over in the San C area I know nobody can ever find it Why? Because it's almost impossible Could you find it? I couldn't find it because it's gone. The knife in the shirt? That's right, it's gone. Now, when you say buck knife, what do you mean buck knife? It was shaped like that, kinda like that, you know, sorta in like that, illustrating. A hunting knife. Not the kind like you open up. No, it was a hunting knife. How long was it? Illustrates. How long was the blade? Illustrates About 8 inches long 8 inch blade 7 or 8 it's gotta be Okay and what did you do With the knife I got a piece of her hair off I cut a I got a piece of her hair off When we was dancing And she got mad at me She got angry She started fighting And telling me this and that And I talked to her Into just being cool you know Like let's just lay down And do our thing you know And I hit her you know Where? First blow was right here, demonstrates. With the knife? Knife stuck. I couldn't even get it out. The knife stuck. Went right in the middle of the chest, right? Right in the middle. Where was she when you hit her the first time? In bed. Lying down? Yeah. Which side of the bed were you on? Left. Left if you're facing left if you're facing the bed on the left side the apartment's right here say and the bed's right here she was laying right here left as you face it yeah if you were facing west you're east go ahead then what happened i just sat there she didn't scream or nothing you know her eyes just started rolling back i started hitting her again you know i don't know why I guess that I just wanted to make sure she was dead I hit her all up around her face Cut her some some more of her hair off Threw it over her face Sat there for about an hour With her body Why'd you do that? I don't know why I did that I, I don't know why I killed her, you know Had to be something I wanted to get rid of my wife too, you know What she's done to me through the years, you know You know, I was a good man at one point at one time, you know, but maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm right. But, you know, I felt that my wife messed me messed me around. You know, I wanted to get rid of both of them. She never forgave me. And I can't understand a person that can't forgive, you know, and she never forgave me. And that made me angry. I thought of it every day of my life. I went to work every day of my life and I thought of it every day of my life I wanted to dump them both I didn't want my wife either I didn't dig what she was doing but you can't tell something to someone that can't understand you you know what's right or what's wrong so what did you tell Linda about it I told her just what I told you I told her that you did this you did that because I know she was drinking the same drinks that I drink and she don't drink she takes pills I know that she would never understand what happened I know she'd figure it out i know I know she'd figure it out I know she'd figure it out that that she don't that she don't know what she does so I, I figure you know she would go on do it because she didn't like her and many other people didn't like her. Has she ever seen that knife She ain't ever seen that knife I just got it from the house Did you tell her about the knife I didn't tell her about the knife either The last knife that I had That she seen she threw it away It was similar It looked just like it It looked pretty similar Wasn't the same knife Blanket wasn't our blanket either I got that from her house too What blanket are you talking about the blanket she was crumpled in. What kind of blanket was that? Old-fashioned blanket. wasn't no cheap one, you know. What color was it? I don't remember. What did you do after you left? After I left, I went next door and I talked to Sherry and Mark, and I told Sherry, "Hey, your mom hasn't showed up yet. I think I seen her go to Woody and some to go with Woody and some other black dude in a white Cadillac." there were these people that stopped us earlier they pulled some rods out and told us that they were going to kill booty and this and that i told her that she went with them and she said oh no my mom they're gonna kill her so i said i don't know you know what they're gonna do but we'll go look we'll go look everywhere i took them down To these people's house that I know And I was trying to drop them off I couldn't find no place to drop them off So I took them to the hospital And told them to go to a security guard About what time was that Do you remember Between three and five I don't know Did you go back to Rosalie's apartment after that I went there about three times One to wipe off Fingerprints Off of what everything Glasses things like that everything sink faucet stairway I figured there was no fingerprints there was no fingerprints anyways you know if they can't find the person right away you know because the house gets so dusty and it's covered and it covers everything and you say that the knife and the clothes are gone what did you do my shirt and my knife what was the matter with your shirt it had a few blood stains not much did she bleed a lot She must have she's dead Was there a lot of blood all over the place Not necessarily I didn't pay attention I was satisfied with what I found That's not my you know that's not my bag you know What are you telling us though What I'm telling you Is that because I don't want my wife To do something that she ain't done That's why So what do you want I want my wife to be free but you know that if we do anything with this information that it's going to mean some trouble for you. Hey, I live my life. I lived more than most people did. I know what it is to live and what it is to die. And it ain't nothing to me. I love myself. I love my wife. I love my life. I love my kids. When you do something, you know, you got to accept it or you don't do it at all. You should never regret nothing. You know, that you do that's my way of living would you testify in court I would testify you know for the better or for the worse or whatever I know what I'm doing I live my life I've seen more than most people seen I've been everywhere you know I enjoy it and I accept it you know when it's time for me to leave I'm going to leave what do you expect would happen to you if you were if you testified to this in court I don't care what's going to happen to me because I can leave whenever I want I don't have to stay anywhere what do you mean leave leave you know I can go back to mother nature nobody owes any land owes any land or houses you know they own us I'd be happy you know because I got something inside of me that nobody else got do you want st- to to tell the police or the district attorney about this yeah I don't care what you do with these tapes I did it then if I it, it I did then if I did then I wouldn't be taping them you know I wouldn't be taping them if you know that's what I expect if you want to keep them keep them for yourself they's got to believe me if they don't believe me then I'll do it again if we gave the tapes to the district attorney they would want you they would want to talk to you well yeah they would want me and they would want to talk to me but I ain't got nothing to say to them what I got to say is right here and that's all that I'm ever going to say you wouldn't say anything to the district attorney this is what I got to say right here, you know. That's my word. you know. That's my life. But if we went to court and we were in court on Linda's case, you would testify to these things in court. Yeah, that's right. I would testify, you know. I set the lady up. She done me wrong. I felt that it wasn't wrong, maybe. I knew that I could take advantage of her. She would do whatever I say. I got friends that do whatever I say. That day, I said I'd take advantage of her and get rid of this chick. I didn't like her anyways. All she'd do is mess up my life and mess up my kids and mess up everything like she'd do everybody else. Are you talking about Rosalie? Yeah, booty. I don't care what anybody says. If I go to prison or whatever I do, I know that I'm not coming out again, you know. I accept that I don't care. And I don't, I accept that and I don't care. That's me. I know what I did. I know what I'll do it, I know what I'll do again if I have to. What do you mean? Just what I say. I don't have to explain every little detail. I felt like he clapped that in emphasis. Mm-hmm you mean that you would do it again just to prove that you did it once before that's right I'd do it again you know I was telling Kathy here that I'm tired of waiting you know but I'll wait if things work out my way you know what about the fact that if the police came and arrested you and put you in jail I thought about it I thought about 15 or 20 ideas what I would do but I can't say what I would do, you know, until something happens. It's almost impossible. Something is going to happen, but I don't know what. Yeah, something's going to happen. I know that. Well, we have to give this information to the district attorney in order to help Linda. It's all right with me, you know. i done what I did and I accept it. I don't care, you know, for the white man because I believe that the white man is the devil you know he leads you the way you know I believe that the other races do you know but I believe that the white man is more the devil and I don't care to live in a white man's world no matter how much I love living I don't give a fuck you know I lived my life I enjoyed it and I'm going to go away enjoying it it didn't make no difference other people got my strength my energy and they're going to make it that's how I feel you know And I don't give a fuck all I want to do is get Linda out of this that's all we want to do she didn't do it man I got a mind Kathy knows this a lot stronger than hers I can psych her out Tell her what to do, when to do it, tell her anything, she'll believe it. That's how much my persuasion is. So when you told her she had done thing done these things, she believed it. That's right. Lee knew I was going to mess him up too. He knew I was going to put him away too when when we was in court on that case. I just did him a favor because he's a pretty close friend but I don't want to do it again. Never do it again. Everybody learns their first lesson. Who won't do what again? Partner of mine. What was his name? Just Lee. I could could have that dude gone you know if I wanted to. I could have done it myself and I would have if it had come down to it except for this this here trial he knows it his brother knows it everybody knows it so what you're saying is that if the police or the DA don't believe all of this that you're going to do something that's right I will I want them to respect me too you know I know who I am what I am and stuff I know what's happening have you been drinking or doing any drugs today I drink now and then, you know, about two and a half beers. But you're not drunk now, are you? I'm not drunk. I feel like I feel every day. Of course I know what I'm saying. I can say it. I can smile about it. I don't care. I wouldn't say it. Serious stuff? Yeah, it's serious. But to me, it ain't shit. It's serious to you and to everybody else. But to me, it ain't shit. You don't understand that. I can live anywhere and be happy. It don't make any differences. Did you ever do time before? I've done time before. What was that for? Burglary. Indefinite to three years. I've done 35 months most of it because I didn't dig what they was doing. If the police or the district attorney don't believe this... Is there anything that you have from this case that would prove what you say? Me. I did it, you know. I don't care what anybody says. A lot of people know my wife. A lot of people know me and whatever I say they believe. I pray to the devil, you know. Ever since I got out of Buenny since 1971, uh, up leads or up to, you know, he gives me power. He gives me strength. He leads my way, you know. I pray to him. I, now but that don't mean that I'm going to be with him no way but I pray to him now because he gives me strength I do a lot of things in my life that are sh- that are wrong you know I consider right but I consider right well alright we're going to do it well I don't care what you do I killed the bitch and I'd kill her again I know what I did to her I know what I would do with them kids I know what I did to my wife. I wanted to be rid of her too. Makes me no difference. You know, if they arrest you and charged you, this tape could be used in evidence against you. That's alright with me. What, what you want? That's what you want? That ain't what I want. Ain't nobody wants that. Something I got to accept. Ain't nobody wants that Niggers don't want it Mexicans Ain't nobody Nobody don't want it But I don't have to live life if You know if they told you Okay Well We'll do it then We'll do what we can Let's get going and get Linda out I turn myself in like I say You know But I'm unpredictable Don't know what I'd do Don't know what I do Half the time I called her up the other day And I don't know where I was at You say you might turn yourself in But You don't know Oh you know I will you know If they cut my wife loose you know They take me you know But I ain't gonna stay there long That long Alright here's what We'll talk to the district attorney and we'll have some better idea where this thing is going to go. I know where it's going to go. I killed the bitch. They just better understand it. I'm not the kindest person I know, but I'm the fucked up person too. So, after giving that statement on February 1st, the Denver Post posted where is it the Denver Post posted an article about the upcoming trial for Linda and it was dated for February 24th which is the same day that our final the day, the day after our final statement comes in from Ruben Torres. (sighs) Okay, so, on the 23rd, which was a Friday, Linda appeared in court. While she was in court, being arraigned, Ruben stood up and proclaimed that he was the one who killed that lady. Now, here is the formal statement that was taken at 1.30 p.m. by the Detectives Bureau. Huh. it's another doozy, you guys. You ready? <clears throat> another statement taken by Detective Russell. Okay, this is going to be 223.79. This is going to be a statement from Ruben R.C. Torres, Sr., Time is 1.30 p.m. This is in reference to a homicide, the Trujillo Homicide, which occurred 1235 East 18th Avenue. The homicide occurred on 1225 of 78. Ruben, you'd been advised of your rights. I'm going to read your rights to you, okay? You have a right to remain silent. You understand that? Yeah. Anything you say can be used as evidence against you in court. You understand that? Yep. You have the right to talk to a lawyer before questioning and have him present during questioning. You understand that? Yep. If you cannot afford an attorney, a lawyer, one will be appointed for you before questioning. you understand that? Yeah, I do. Do you understand each of these rights as I have read, I have read to you? Yeah. Knowing my rights and knowing what I am doing, I now wish to voluntarily talk to you. You understand that, right? Yes, I do. Form signed by Detective Russell and Mollihan. Okay, Reuben. I want to go back to the Trujillo case. You know which one, right? Yeah, I know. Booty's case. Booty's case, okay. Booty, is that what you call Linda? No, Booty is Rosie Trujillo. You know her by that name, then? Known her long before that you've known her long before that do you know where she was living yeah whereabouts next door we lived 1233 i think she lived 1235 and you lived in 1233 yeah a house down you lived in the same apartment complex yeah and how long have you been living there about a month after she followed us who's us Rosie Trujillo, and she followed me and my wife and our kids. You and your wife and your kids, she followed you when you moved there? She moved over there, too? Did you know about your wife, and? Yeah, I did, and I didn't like it. What did you know about? I knew they was lovers. They were lovers, huh? Yeah, a lot of girls were Rosie's lovers and men do you know a girl by the name of iris yeah i do is there an iris yeah there is what's iris's last name i don't know you don't know do you know where iris lives yeah but i ain't gonna say you ain't gonna say i know there's an iris there is an iris And why don't you want to say where she's at? That's her business, not mine. Let's stick with your business then. Tell me what happened on this day. Yeah. You know what? What I'm going to tell you, you know, is you know. I'm going to tell you why I killed the chick. That's all I'm going to tell you now. You ain't going to tell me but one time because this is your one shot right now. Alright, I'll take my one shot. I'm telling you right now, the statement you gave before is nothing. I can prove it. I got people on the outside that can prove... You were there. If you can't tell me about the details... We were getting stoned, man. I can tell you about the details about the 20th, 21st. I've been getting pretty spaced out myself, so I don't remember the exact date. The 20th, 21st of what? Of December? And what happened then? What are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you, you know, what I'm going to tell you. Me and Rosie and and the kids was getting high. My brother-in-law... Them come down about, I guess about 6 o'clock, told my lady to split, you know, boogie, Uh uh-huh, come get high, I didn't want to get high, I had other things I had to do, which I'll explain to you, you know, anyway, the kids were next door, she used to leave them down to the house all the time, so the kids were at your house, yeah, I'm the one who dropped them off, at the hospital, I tried to dump them elsewhere, and I couldn't, so I dropped them at the hospital. Anyways, me and Rosie was getting high, we was drinking, you know. Who was there? Just me and her. Okay. Wife wasn't there. Alright, where was the wife? She was at the 12-foot bar with her sister, Louise. Louise? Alright. Anyways, we were getting high, trying to boogie, my wife was getting high, cause... She gets high all the time, you know, pills, whatever. And we was getting high, and we started, you know, dancing and stuff. And I started talking to her. told her, hey, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. You know, I'm supposed to mess around with my old lady. I'm teaching you, you know. it's none of her business. That's the lesbian you're talking about now. That's right. That's the lesbian. I told her, you better stop it, you know. We started arguing. Then we stopped arguing, and we started getting high some more. You say you were getting high. What were you getting high on? How do I know, man? I get stoned every day. Valium. I don't know. I didn't know how I got this. When you were getting high that night, how do I know? Were you taking pills or drinking booze? I wasn't drinking that much, but I was taking pills, you know, reds, Percodan, anything, you name it, I know about. Okay that night you were high But you don't know what you were high on Yeah I know what I was high on Hard liquor and pills Hard liquor and pills What kind of pills Valium, Valium. Okay so you and Rosie are in the apartment That's right Dancing and what have you Dancing and bullshitting around Pretty soon we started you know Get down We got down before you know Uh huh she just threatened. She was She was going to tell my old lady that one way, that's one way to take her from me. Threatened. Threatened. I'm taking your old lady away from you. Telling her you're fucking me. My old lady loved her anyway. She loved her, you know. I decided to get rid of both of them. I'd get rid of both of them in one shot. Kill one and send the other to Pueblo for the rest of her life. So what happened when you're dancing with her and talking and getting down what happens? Started getting angry because I'm kind of deaf. I turned the radio up. I turned it up. She turned it down, but I turned it up. So, what happened then? Grabbed a knife I had right, right beside the bed. A knife she stood over me with a couple of times that night. Not particularly that night, but she stood over me with that knife and told me I could kill you anytime I want to. About laying with the lady in front of me. Same knife. Same knife. I know what kind of knife it was. Wide handle. If I was right. It, it was demonstrating the shape like this. Like a blunt knife or something. Wasn't so long you know. I just got the knife. I just got the knife that's you know right. You know the knife. for From a man named Joe. From Joe huh. He got it that night. What color is the handle white you say I don't remember you don't remember what what color is the blade natural color you know it's a silver silver colored how long is the blade say it's about that long demonstrates how long is that about seven and a half inches okay and about how wide is it about like that and he demonstrates about how wide is that about two and a half inches Okay. So we got an inch about an inch wide, seven inches, seven inches and a half long, white handle. I don't know if it's a white handle or what, you know, but it's been so long man. My head's been elsewhere. My head ain't been down here. My head's been elsewhere. I can't describe. Does the knife fold up? I know it didn't fold up at all. Okay, the sheath one of them scabbard you put it in. I didn't have one. You didn't have one? You brought the knife with you? I didn't bring it with me. I threw that knife away. No, no, you brought it with you that knife, that night. Yeah, it's always up there. So you didn't bring it with you? I didn't bring it with me. It's always up there. You didn't bring it with you. It's always there. Doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense to me. When it's on me, her house is my house. You understand? Her house is my house. So it's always there. But you didn't have it on your person. Did I have it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, alright. So she's there. What happened? We started dancing. I turned the music up. She got angry at me. Started shouting and threatening me about being at the fag joints and with this dude that I fucked, that I fucked her. And she was going to get my wife... If that's the last thing she does because she called the police on me. Yeah? On a few times when I moved in. Let's get back to that night. What happens that night? Started dancing. I grabbed that knife. She started telling me how she seen the shadow the night before, you know. She started telling me how she seen the shadow of death. Just a shadow, she said. I said, Okay, you know. I said, Okay. I cut some of her hair off, right? And she got angry at me. What did you cut her hair off with? With the knife. With the knife? Where was she at? She was dancing. I grabbed her by the hair. Was you dancing in the front room or where? Yeah, that was the only room we were dancing. Where did you cut her hair off? Just cut her hair. You don't know? I don't know. So what happened after you cut her hair off? start fighting and arguing physical no not physical not physically no just talking back and forth she's too good all right what did she have on when you was dancing with her i don't remember if it was my blue pajamas you know i'm pretty sure it was my blue pajamas i'm pretty sure it was my blue pajamas because i gave her those blue pajamas you know I didn't give them to her. My wife gave them to her. I'm not sure, man. I was fucked up, man. I was messed up. What happens then after you cut her hair off? I stabbed her. The first stab, you know, probably killed her. Where did you stab her? That night, the knife got stuck up her. In her chest, you're indicating her chest? It got stuck first time you stabbed her it got stuck it got stuck I couldn't pull it out for a while where did you stab her in the front room there I don't know right where she was at where was she at I don't know didn't you find her I'm asking you if you found her you know where she was at in the bedroom yeah in the bedroom huh I guess you could call it in the bedroom what was in the bedroom what do you mean what was in the bedroom it was in the bedroom do you mean the deal on the floor a mattress a mattress on the floor jacked up with one of my blankets and a thin blanket is that where she was she was there laying there whereabouts on the bed on the bed yep you're sure where else could she possibly be I don't know you're telling me you were there so what else happened then that's it I started fucking her up what do you mean by that I started stabbing her everywhere stabbing her up on the deal here right across what do you mean deal up in here where's that around the neck everywhere from here on up from there on up huh from the breast on up I ain't too exact man huh I'm not too exact. How do I know? I was just doing it. She threatened me. So what did you do then? I choked her. I checked her eyes. I checked her pulse. Wasn't cold enough, so I kept doing it. That's what I did. She wasn't cold enough? What do you mean by that? She didn't seem dead enough to me. So you just kept doing what? Kept stabbing her. And you only stabbed her in the front, huh? I don't know. I stabbed her all over. I stabbed her in the neck, too. In the neck, too? That's right. How many times did you stab her? How do I know? You don't know? Could have been 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 times. I don't know. You don't know. Ain't got no idea. What else did you do? I stood there for about two or three hours. Sat there where was she at all this time she was by the bedside beside me on the bed was she stretched out there sleeping or what she was dead she was dead huh what position was she in if i remember i grabbed one of her legs i crossed them i covered her threw a blanket over her i take them off and look at her again check her again and throw the blanket over her, and i kept doing it you know shit i don't know i just blanked out man I said I'm gonna get my wife too. Same thing for fucking me around. She she got no business fucking me around. Okay, so where did you go? Went back to the kids. Then I went down to Sandy's. Where? I Went next door to check on the kids, and then I, you know, I split down to Sandy's and I told Linda. I said, Hey, man did you fuck somebody up or what she said no I said are you sure you don't you didn't fuck up Rosie you were pretty fucking stoned she said no I started arguing with Sandy and Louise and I split you know because I didn't stay in one spot I just move 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 so you were in the 12 foot bar I was in the 12 foot bar is that where you went and got your old lady I didn't get my old lady I went to Sandy's house Sandy's house I went to the 12 foot Figured they weren't there So I went down to Sandy's Were they down there? Yeah they were down there That's where you met your wife then I didn't exactly meet my wife I seen her there Expected her to be there I didn't meet her there I seen her So what did you do then? I didn't do nothing I just told her I got some things I gotta do Stay here so she stayed there at Sandy's house where did you go I didn't tell her nothing till about say just before they found Rosalie's body I didn't tell her nothing I talked to her said I ain't seen Rosie I said I ain't seen Rosie every day so you never seen Rosie until then what's that you're saying you never seen your wife until then or Rosie until then No, you don't understand me. I was telling my wife this. This is after, you know, what happened. Uh Uh-huh. Do you understand me, man? Yeah, I understand you. I'm telling you. But you were at Sandy's house. (sighs) I went over to Sandy's house. You left. Yeah, I just come and go. Come and go. That's right. I can't do that anymore. You know, I'm satisfied. So when did you see Rosie? when did I see who when did you see Rosie I told you she's dead already and you just didn't find her that's right how long I say she been dead about five exactly it would be about five days before Christmas five days before Christmas yeah and then when did you see your wife after the killing I seen her the same night I seen her all the time the same night I seen them all the same night up at Sandy's house yeah what happened there when did you leave there hell I don't remember you don't remember no what did you tell your wife what did I tell my wife I didn't tell her nothing that night nothing at all I waited sooner or later somebody's going to find her because nobody was finding her you know I told them I told myself the longer the better the more power to me you know I didn't you know I'm still you know I'm still you know I I don't know Tell me what then, if you know you waited five days, you never talked to your wife? I talked to no, you're trying to put it around. I talked to my wife, I didn't talk to her about what you're trying to say. I talked to her about I'm not trying to say anything, I'm trying to find out what happened. You went to Sandy's house, you seen your wife five days later. I didn't see her five days later, I seen her that night. What did you do then? I had I had a case down there. I brought a friend down there and I split again. I told a friend, "There, let's go with me. I got to dump something off. I dumped a purse off, you know. I dumped, I think some of her clothes off. I dumped a lot of things off. I didn't dump the weapon off. Something with blood on it. Uh-huh, okay, so what happens after that? When did you go back to get the kids? I don't know. Maybe about shit. It was, it was getting pretty early in the morning. It was getting early in the morning. Where were the kids? At my house where I left them. The kids weren't there when the homicide went down. They were there when the homicide. They were next door. That's what I'm saying. They weren't there. I told them their mama split. Their mama split with Woody and some black dude threatened to kill them there was a lot of people threatening to kill this chick I threatened her even before that I put a 38 to her head I made her come up here and say what she did but that's not so I know what's so alright what happened after that when did you take your wife down to Pueblo I don't know the exact date I took her down to Pueblo I talked to a certain party I said say so and so did this and did that she didn't know she was always telling me are you sure are you sure and I said yeah I'm sure I've been with the lady a long time I know what I can do to her you told the lady your wife killed I don't know what she knows is what I told her what did you tell her I already already told you what did you tell her the part you know you don't know do you I do know Then tell me No I'm telling you like it is right here I'm telling you that's cool enough But you don't know You prove me different I can prove different I got people on the outside that can speak up I don't care about the people on the outside I don't care about me You haven't convinced me At all I ain't going to convince you I know what I did I ain't got to convince nobody I'm talking to you like a man straight to your face man you know trying to be cool or nothing I know what happened and I don't know what happened man yeah I know that part cuz my head was doing you know I'm not trying to be cool with anybody you know anything else about the homicide know anything you want to know but when you fuck with my head I can't understand you know you know when they fuck with my head I don't understand that it just sends my trip you know it sends me somewhere else man you high I I always get high you high now a little bit what are you high on a couple of beers on a couple of beers huh that's right you shoot heroin maybe do you or don't you I don't you don't okay you got anything else about this homicide you know about I know anything is this all you know now I know anything you got anything else more than you want to add to this statement except I didn't like the bitch I think she was a bitch she tried to take my wife from me she ain't taking nobody away from me was your wife near the body I don't think so laughs you know she wasn't with you when it happened no how could she be I don't know that's what I'm asking she wasn't there it was just one on one you and her huh yeah kids were next door and your wife was down at the 12 foot bar as far as I know she was next you seen your wife she wasn't down at Sandy's house Don't. You can't put it next time I seen my wife. The last time I seen my wife. There was about three or four times maybe ten times down at Sandy's house. I understand that but the first time after the homicide you found her down at Sandy's house. I didn't find her. I knew where she was at. How many times did you visit her out at the jail? I've been there three times in and out of the jail in and out of the jail. Yeah, in and out of the jail. That's when we had her out there. You went and visited her? Yeah. How about down in Pueblo? I was down there every other day. Every other day? Yeah, I was trying to con- to convince the doctor she needed help and stuff. They believed me. So it's your contention she didn't need help. It's something that you planted in her mind that she did. Yeah, I can plant in my lady's mind. When a woman loves you, they do anything Kind of like a Charles Manson thing Ain't no Charles Manson thing, it's my thing Just your thing, huh? It's me Anybody else you can plant things in their mind? I don't regret anything else I've done You kill any more people besides her? I ain't gonna say nothing That's all, huh? Yeah Anything else you can add to this statement now? If it be necessary, I put as much in that's going to be put in because I know I'm the only one that knows. I'm asking you, are you telling me all you want to tell us? Yeah, I've told you all I want to tell you for now, but I can verify I can back up all my words. Reuben, this point on, I'm going to put you in jail, okay? I don't mind sleeping in somebody else's house. Stay the rest of my life. End at 2 o'clock. I'd like to testify for my wife or whatever. You want to testify for your wife? That's right. That's what I come to do. That's why I come down to do. You know, I ain't going to have somebody pay for something I did. I was going to come down here, but people told me how there was guards and stuff. I said, fuck it. You know, I'm going to do what's coming to me. You know, that's cool. Ain't nobody can charge, can change my ways. I'm right all the time, even when I might be wrong, but I'm right. What I did, I'm right from my heart, you know. The statement concluded at 2 p.m. And there was nothing else to be found in this 50 plus page file that I have on Linda and Ruben and what happened to them so here's my favorite part because I've been sitting on this case file for some years now my interpretation of what had happened what had happened is this in the 1970s lesbianism, homosexuality all of that was taboo It was not a good look to be in a homosexual relationship or a lesbian relationship. And so I feel that as soon as word got to the police that this was a lover's quarrel, initially they wanted to just pin this on Linda. Here's what I also believe. I also believe that on November 11th, 1978, when the initial attack happened on Rosalie by Linda, I believe that Reuben gaslighted that. I believe that he was the reason why, because Linda said in the police statement she apologized to Rosalie. As she was stabbing her. I am almost certain that Ruben had gotten into her head. Stirred some shit up about this iris person. Or whatever the problem was. And used the lover's quarrel. Which if Ruben didn't know that Linda and Rosalie were like head over heels in love. Okay there's there's two ways that I see this. He either got in Linda's head. And somehow that fight happened and Re- Reuben was involved or when Reuben witnessed his wife acting in a heat of passion over her lover he was enraged when he saw how spicy she got willing to stab this woman and also say that she was sorry and that she loved her and then go run to go get her help he was mad because she wasn't stabbing him as fucked up as that may be she wasn't stabbing him and professing her love for him I also believe in my heart of hearts that there are more than the Trujillos who are victims Linda Torres was also a victim she was a victim of her husband her husband gaslighted her her husband threw her under the fucking bus her husband allowed her to think that she killed her true love, planted seeds in her head based off of her past actions. It was easy for her to believe that, well, fuck, if I stabbed her once, I probably did it again. You, you know, using her substance abuse issues and blacking out as a way to use mind control and brainwashing also she was a product of oh my god Stockholm syndrome what the fuck okay when he said she she'd do anything I told her he literally said he was like the fucking Pied Piper like R. Kelly or some shit I'm not with that no 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 I believe that he was pissed off when Rosalie said boom I'll take your wife fuck you, I'll take her, we're happy. And that was what his machismo could no longer handle. This was the 70s. He he flat out said he wasn't going to let some quote-unquote bitch take his old lady. With that kind of thinking, it was easy for the police to just jump on the bandwagon that Linda did it. You had multiple reports for people saying that Linda was the aggressor. But, when I looked back at Linda's criminal record... no, 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 Linda's criminal record was more so, like, runaway shit or Penny any burglary, burglary. She didn't do things to just be, like, violent. I believe that the violence was stemmed from her husband. Also, this was a fucked up love triangle because Rosalie was having sex with Ruben and and Linda and I'm sure that at first it was perfectly fine with Ruben because everybody was getting high everybody was grooving free love and all that good shit but when his old lady and Rosalie started catching feelings and then Rosalie quote unquote followed them from whatever neighborhood they were in had left her you know her marriage had broken up I know a little bit but I'm not I, you know I what I found is sketchy, and so I'm not going to go into too much detail on it but when Rosalie had moved, she she allegedly followed them, and everything was fine until it no longer was. Um. I hope that Reuben was the one that ended up being the person who was found guilty of this, and I hope that Linda was able to get on with her life and get a lot of help because her man was fucked up he gaslighted her he made her think that she killed somebody like can you imagine like having somebody tell you oh you don't remember what you did and you're just looking at them like what are you talking about and you can see that they are genuinely confused and they have no idea what you're referring to you know, in the meantime, they're like, well, she's like, well, where's my love? Have you seen my love? Have you seen Rosalie? Have you heard from the kids? And I mean, the children, the, the, that was a horror. to drop the children off at the emergency room, I believe, was an act of kindness. I'm glad that he did not make this a triple homicide instead of a singular um, I wish it hadn't been a singular, but, you know, I'm glad that the children were at least dropped off at the emergency room. I'm sad that it took a few days to connect the dots, but when you're dealing with a two and seven-year-old, it's very difficult, and it was the holiday season. I mean, there's just so much tragic in this story altogether. It, you know, wowzers, guys. Hmm. Yeah. I mean I, I it, this is a long this is, this is a long episode we are at an hour and a half on this because that's how in-depth this sucker is I wanted to give you guys something that was super long that would tide you guys over for the next week so I'm gonna wrap it up right here and say I hope you guys have a great Easter weekend if that's what you observe have a great spring weekend if you're not observing of Easter. Have a great weekend in general. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Don't go killing people. Don't go gaslighting people. Don't go setting your spouses up for fucking murder either, people. That's the cautionary tale in this one. Mmm. Love triangles. Don't mix. I'm Kim Kimberly, your host of What Had Happened, a true crime podcast. Have a great weekend, guys.